powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN. This is episode 61, season four of the Randregs Hockey Podcast. It is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, a fun podcast. They're all fun, but this one is extra special, Ray, because our guest today is TNT longtime hockey broadcaster, former NHL center, Eddie Olchuk, who's a good friend of yours, good friend of mine. Man, he's got a plateful. He'll talk about it, right? He's got the Derby this weekend with NBC. And then in addition, like yourself, you know, he's he's a lead analyst for TNT. So he's got some hockey travel and some games yeah. to work around the yeah, horse they, racing. So he's uh, a busy outside dude. of his family, the two great passions in, in Eddie's life are are the ponies and pucks. He just he just loves them. And for him, I, I'm guessing it's almost the most fun weekend of the year. Because the Derby is different than it's special and he gets to do it. And he has got amazing energy, always, always does. And oh. always look forward to, to getting to chat and catch up with Edzo. Yeah, I look forward to it too, just as somebody who just listens in, right? Because you and Edzo get going, man, and the stories get flowing. And, you know, it's one of those where your face hurts after about 15 minutes because you're laughing the entire time. So, we're going to zip through headlines here, Ray, as quickly as we can. There's a lot of news around the National Hockey League, so we're not going to skip over it, but we want to save a little extra time for Eddie Olchuk, who's joining us here in Episode 61. Headlines on the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast are presented by our friends at Tim Hortons. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes, from results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right. So before we get to everything that is the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, obviously we have to look back at some of the news. And a troubling hit for many, a legal hit, Jacob Truba on Timo Meyer in Game 7, New Jersey, and the New York Rangers. A legal hit, which your counterpart and you know, fellow analyst Dave Jackson commented on several times last night and followed it up here again because it's one of those hits that was legal but devastating, right? That's the best way, I think, to describe it. Legal but almost catastrophic, in fairness. And the reaction was immediate from all corners, and it spilled over into today and all that. Your front row center, you know, could you see it happening, Ray, before it actually happened? Um, every once in a while, like a play happens in slow motion, and you just happen to be looking in the right place. So I'm down on the ice. The Rangers are changing. I can see Truba coming off the bench. Yeah. It's to my left. But in the same picture, I can see Myers, Timo Meyer is coming through the middle of the ice and he's not really in control of the puck. Like it's bobbling around on him a bit and he's got his head down. And I said on the broadcast, I went, look out. I could see Truba coming and Meyer got hit almost exactly the same in game sticks in New York by Braden Schneider, almost identical at the blue line, cutting right to left. The difference is Truba's about 30 pounds heavier than Schneider, Schneider, and he hits with a ferocity that Schneider doesn't. So 
the way the game was going, like that was going to be a violent hit. And by the rules, the hit is legal, man. His elbow was pinned to his body. He made a concerted effort to keep his hands down, his shoulder down. Myers tilted forward and the contact is, is to head and body. Now, Dregs, I'm more accepting and like the new rules as opposed to the old rules. You're still allowed to hit people. You're still allowed to hit them hard. There's a lot of people that say you should go to the international rule, which is head contact almost certainly leads to a penalty and often to an ejection. And that's fine if you want that. But there there will be less contact in the game because players will be worried about the accidental contact ahead. Remember when they put the rule, you can't hit anybody from behind by the boards. Remember how quickly the players started turning their backs? Mm-hmm. They know if, yeah. if you're in a crowd, a player would present it, prevent him from just lowering his head. Mm-hmm. You can still see. I'm not right. talking about a place where you got your head down, but you could lower your head. Any head contact would be a penalty. It's not as cut and dried as people think. By today, it's not a penalty. And if you want the rules to be changed, there's a time for it. It's certainly not now. It would be postseason and the managers and the players association and the officials would have to get together to determine what yeah. the new road would be. All right, let's move forward and, and look at some of the teams that have been eliminated now through round one. You know, no shocking surprise. Uh, Toronto beats Tampa Bay. And nobody's feeling sorry for the Lightning. Three straight trips to the Stanley Cup final. Maybe it was just their time, or more importantly, maybe it's Toronto's time. But the Bruins losing to the Florida Panthers, that's a ginormous upset. The New York Rangers falling to the New Jersey Devils in the fashion that they did. Again, that's that's a tough one, especially for the Rangers mm-hmm. brass, who, as you know, Ray, can be volatile. So, you know, I see a name like Joel Quenville out there, and I'm I'm just wondering, you know, I like Jared Glant. I think he's a good coach. He's been through some tough situations. So not advocating for a coaching change of the New York Rangers. I just can kind of smell something developing there. What else needs to change? I said early after the deadline, and then as it got into the series, and of course, it was about as popular as a rock in your sock with Ranger fans. But I said, this is either going to work or it's going to fail spectacularly. And it failed spectacularly. They went out and they brought in Vladimir Tarasenko and they brought in Patrick Kane. And they're clearly offensive players. But both of them are slow. Like Patrick Kane's not healthy. He's going to need some kind of hip procedure in the offseason. Tarasenko's not a fast skater. So they got considerably slower as a team. And they accumulated very similar parts. If they don't have the puck, how are they going to get it back? Well, the answer is they couldn't. In game seven, they looked like they had a wobbly wheel on a bike. Like they were too slow from the minute the puck hit the ice. So they can fire the coach if they like. If that's what they choose to do, Gerard Gallant's got a year left to do. A year left on his contract. The team they accumulated was not as good as last year's team. I don't care what the name said. The team itself wasn't. Vincent Trocek had one goal in the series. He barely played in game seven. Spent most of the time arguing with the referees or asking New Jersey guys to fight. Like his focus was gone. It was almost like he tried too hard. 
Kreider had good work on the power play, really quiet games four, five, and seven. Zabanajad had one goal in the series. Kane had one good game. Panarin didn't have a goal. There's another forward, skilled forward, not very fast. So the changes they have to make also couple with their salary cap. They need a new contract for Keandre Miller and Lexi Lafreniere, or they both back. Would they move on from Lafreniere? He didn't have a point in the series and was completely ineffective. Like they've got, they've got some real tough decisions in New York. Less significant in Boston. Quick thought there on the Bruins. I mean, we don't know what Patrice Bergeron is going to do. There will be lineup adjustments there. You just, you know, full credit to the Florida Panthers. I mean, full credit to Paul Maurice. We talk about coaching, uh, but they just seem to unravel, right? Like that series just flat out got away on them. Now, I don't know if my wife will like me telling this story, but I'm going to anyway. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, in 2002, she was a captain of the U.S. women's team. And they won, I want to say they won 31 games in a row going into the gold medal game against the Canadians. They hit some adversity and it was almost like they didn't have another gear. And she told me, as the Bruins were rolling along, she told me this story three or four times. Like just saying, you know, like, it's hard. It's hard when everything's going your way. It's hard to find a dig in the tank. and. Well, Canada won the gold medal game and the Bruins, they got into that series. They weren't as sharp. They turned the puck over a little bit early. Now, all of a sudden, guys are moving in and out of the lineup. Lines are changing. They're not sharp. They're not crisp. And they get themselves into a game seven. And man, they're 59 seconds away from winning before Montour scores. Greg, it's, it's this way every playoffs. What if they get through that series? Maybe they'll be fine. We're never going to find out, but there'll be change in Boston. And, you know, the top two centers are 37 years old. And, you know, it seems rather unlikely that they would both be back. Maybe, maybe Bergeron will, maybe he won't, but what a disappointing ending to, to a really great season. They, they came apart. They, they kind of, you know, if, if I could be quick, Lindholm had a terrible series, had an excellent regular season. McAvoy did not have a great end to the series. Pasternak was in and out. Terrific pair, but you know, they they missed the healthy Bergeron, they missed the healthy Krejci, and uh and the goaltending was nowhere near as good as it was in the regular season. Okay, let's shift quickly to the West. Uh we we knew change was coming in Calgary and it comes in a big way. Brad Trilliving, we know, not back as general manager, so they're deciding what direction to go there. Do they promote Craig Conroy, Brad Pascal, perhaps an internal candidate? I know they're talking to some people outside. I, I heard Mark Hunter potentially being in the mix, which is interesting. But the more recent news, maybe even a bit more surprising, was the firing of Daryl Sutter as head coach with two years remaining on his deal. Surprising only that I don't think that this would have been the direction ownership wanted to go with over $8 million owed to Daryl Sutter, but it feels organizationally from a roster standpoint, Ray, they probably didn't have much choice given everything, you know, the the angst and the, the uneasiness and, you know, just the complicated personalities and relationships between Daryl and a number of the players, if not all of the Calgary players. You know, my understanding is the exit meetings didn't go very smoothly. And, you know, that, that can't be ignored. You know, like if, if you have a number of people saying, hey, this is really 
this is really tough. It's not, it's not really, um, it's not really very smooth for me. And then the next guy says the same thing. Well, eventually you've got to decide between the players and the coach. And so not really surprised. I don't think drags the, the 8 million makes me go, oh boy, that's a big apple to bite, but really feels in Calgary. Like they need a clean start. Like they've got to change a, a, a lot of the way they do things and just the, the people involved, it felt like that. And that's what they're going to get. Uh, we'll look at uh, Toronto and Florida and Edmonton and Vegas, all the second round with Chris Abbott. How about that? Yeah. and that segment coming up. And, you know, later in the week when uh, we get into episode 62, we'll have some meat to chew on there too with each series. Well, one thing Getting I will nice say, Drake, since we're going to, you know, yeah. we're going to skim through in the first round, two stats for you that I thought were just incredible yeah. road teams won 31 out of 50 games i it's wow. never been easier to play in the on the road in the nhl than it is now players are more comfortable on yeah. the road and that 31 out of 50 tells you that the second one is seven out of the eight teams in the first round trailed in the series right toronto lost the first game got blown yeah. out of the water yeah. Dallas lost the first yeah. game it is remarkable job florida was down three one team after team after yeah. team and yeah. so game one is super important but it doesn't seem to be as important as it used to be those are your headlines thanks to tim hortons and a reminder it is smile cookie week i will be swinging through the drive through en route to nice. tsn medium coffee skim milk and a smile cookie. just one just one I, you know what i might treat the panel we've got cheryl pounder dave pool and james duffley i might come in with a half dozen smile cookies i like it they're a hot commodity though right tim hortons does a wonderful job they're not always available in abundance so i don't want to be greedy i want to leave a few smile it up our interviews on ray and regs this year brought to you by canadian club whiskey who are asking are you over beer why not try a cc and ginger ale mixed and ready in a can it is that time of year ray playoff hockey mixed and ready cc ginger ale in a can meat your new old one. What do you got? What you, did you put any quarters in this thing? What is this? I, you got, no. Is there a time no, no, frame? We're, what, we're, what, we're what, rolling now. The Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast oh, is on okay. the roll here with uh, Eddie. Oh, how's how's the lighting? How's the lighting? Oh, you look this? handsome do as I, ever. Ed, do I need the handsome as ever. You just look at that, look at that scrap right there. Lee hey, you know what I admire both of right. you guys is there's been very little hair loss on either side, right? <laughs> very little. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Drakes, Drakes, as we all know in Chicago, I got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, TNT hockey analyst Eddie O, who's a friend of the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast is back for another crack here as we get ready for the second round. And Ray, I'm just going to get out of the way because this is one of these interviews discussions where you guys get into storytelling mode. And eventually we'll, you know, we'll look at Seattle and Dallas. And we'll look at the compelling playoff stories. But this is more about bringing a good friend of the podcast back into the mix. So have it, at it. Ray. It is amazing when somebody crosses your life one time yeah. and how that can last. 20 years. So Eddie and I played together in Los Angeles for, was it about eight? Yeah. Six months. The Penguins, they needed a veteran forward and they said, Eddie, who's our guy? I don't know what the hell they were looking for. Anyway, 
It's, oh, well, time out here. Time out. Let me let me let me add to this story. First off, it's great to be with you guys. Look at you know I'm on the World Wide Web. I, I see what people are asking. Who canceled on you guys because you called me no, and asked nobody me the award winning? No one. The, what is this? Emmys up there in Canada, or are they are they Joey knows? <laughs> what do you get up there? That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, well, Canadian okay. Screen Awards, but I don't think we're up there. Yeah, that, that's so nobody canceled. Right, well, I, I I would vote because I spent half of my NHL career in the great country of Canada, of course, in Toronto for three and a half years and almost six years in the peg. Yeah. So it's always great to be with you guys, and I appreciate you guys. I appreciate coming out of the bullpen there to bring in the old, the old spinner, bullpen. the old left-hander. But Eddie and I played one, the six, seven months in, in LA. And, yeah. yeah, and it was just like, it was, I don't know, just first of all, one of the easiest guys to hang around with what may be the biggest bet <laughs> I ever lost individually to a person in my life was in training really? camp. I don't even know Eddie that we were at Bushwood. What was were the name of that Arrowwood. Arrowhead, Arrowhead. Oh, Arrow, yeah, Arrowwood. So it's this resort town north of L.A. They take us up there for camp. It's a great place in the summer. In September, it's a ghost town. There's nobody there, just not for training camp. So we're watching a playoff game, and the Mets are playing, and Bobby Bonilla comes to the plate. The bases are loaded. And Eddie Eddie likes to make these grand things, and he goes, he's going to hit a grand slam. I'm like, not a chance. So now we don't. We haven't even known each other for very long. Now we're arguing about whether this okay. is going to happen. Grand, and I'm like, what odds did I give you? Do you, do you remember? Uh, I think he gave me, I think he gave me five to one. On, yeah. Five to one on a, on a hundred bucks. And I was, five to one. You got to get me at least 15 to one or whatever. And then we kind of went back and forth. And then you, of course, succumbed to the 15 to one. <laughs> so so anyway. now we get this bet going. It's three and two to Bonilla. All I'm thinking is, I get this bad gut feeling here. And I'm like, geez, I hope this pitcher throws it in the dirt. Just, well, he hangs a slider and Bonilla smashes it. The second it leaves his bat, Eddie jumps up on his chair. We're in a lunch place. And he's like, he's dancing around. And you think he's going to let me off the hook? Not a chance. Oh, it was crushing. I just... Drakes, Drakes. I mean, you know, I said the guy was going to hit a grand slam. And of course, Ray, I mean, like shockingly, one of my closest friends, one of the greatest guys, as you, as yeah. you know, uh, shockingly, our, our personalities, you know, came together <laughs> and it was instantaneous. But look, I set up, I put my, I put my grapes on the table. I put my plums on the table <laughs> and Ray was like, oh, it's right. and I'd already jumps in. Oh, it's right. you're out of your mind. Well, what are you talking about? Bobby Bowe. Well, who is he? He's going to strike out, it. He got a better chance of losing his bat on the next week. I'm like, oh, shut up, Artie. And then he raised, okay, I'll bet you. So sure enough. But you know what? I mean, I won the bet. I, I got up there like Freddie Flintstone, and everybody was excited. And, and then Ray gave me, I think he gave me, you know, 15 hondos. Yeah. So that was a nice that was a nice deal. Was it and, quick or does it, think, did, did, did the payment come in installments? Oh, yeah. Once, once we got back to uh, mainland there, because we were in Bushwood and days, <laughs> I got it. We we hit the old ATM. Well, and, I'll tell uh, you about that. So yeah, but you know, then we went for hey, dinner, Eddie, and you know, so at some point, Ray got his. Yeah, the, the thing is, whoever was going to win that bet, the other guy was never going to hear the end of it. There was no, no. question. There was just he. <laughs> hey, 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 Greg, speaking of Kevin Artie, yeah. we're talking about Kevin, Kevin Stevens, Stevens yeah. of course, our, our great friend and uh, longtime great National Hockey League player. But so 
we, we come to Chicago and this is 96 now. So it's, you know, we're Kings of Blackhawks. And I remember we're skating around in warmups and it was an early game. I think it was like six o'clock central time in Chicago. So we're out there for warmups at five, whatever, 40, 530. And, and we're skating around the rink. And in the old days, Chicago was, I say the old days, I'm going back to 96, but they were one of the first teams to have the electronic ticker in the building, yeah. you know, so you could see scores. But at that time, they were putting up the NFL scores at that time. And, you know, a few guys, you know, might have had a, you know, a couple of shekels on, you know, some football games. <laughs> or whatever. So all they're skating around in the rink and the music's blaring at the old, you know, at the old United, at the United Center. And all of a sudden I hear, I hear Kevin Stevens around the net in the corner and Ray's over there. He's stretching his, yeah, he's, he's stretch Armstrong out there. He's stretching his groins. He's, <laughs> you know, real professional and whatever. And all of a sudden I hear, yo, I'm like, what's the race? Where, where's he yelling? I mean, I thought it was like God. It was George Burns, you know, in the one movie. <laughs> he goes, Brazo, Brazo, you score in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm scoring Kansas City. What is this guy talking about? We need a field goal, Brazo. We need a field goal. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, is this really happening? Like, is this like, because... We were watching a ticker. We were probably in the training room there. You know, everybody's got their eyes on Len Dawson. I mean, I don't think Len Dawson would play, but you know what I mean? So we're going, raise all. We need a field goal. Well, okay. So, so oh, this kind of leads into Eddie getting traded to Pittsburgh. So he goes to Pittsburgh. Now we haven't seen him for, I don't know, well over a month. And it just so happens the Kings, yeah, month. we're in Pittsburgh. You know, the one road game a year, we're going there. Must have been late March. And so Eddie's in Pittsburgh. His family's not there. There's two places Eddie goes. Got a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah. Set up the yeah. He goes yeah, to the rink and he goes to the office. The office is the OTB, the off-track betting. Yeah. So yeah. Artie says, we're going to go meet Edzo with the OTB. Well, the cab's a little late and we're in the cab. We get over there and we know that Eddie's, you know, he's put in all the research. He's just going to tell us if you want to bet on a horse, this is the one to bet on. So Artie gets out of the car. And if you've ever been around Artie, nothing is small. Like when he opens the door, it's like a big open. When he walks, he's, you know, he's big and he, <laughs> it's like, a, it's, it's like a cargo, uh, cargo door of an airplane. And so he comes out and he's like, and Eddie's waiting for us. And he's like, I'm at the front door. I'm at the, like, they, they're pulling up and, and uh, it was Ladbrook's OTB, right? In, uh, Right in uh, Moon Moon Township in Pittsburgh, about eight <laughs> minutes from the airport. But of course, these guys go downtown and they don't want to just come. But whatever. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, come on. There's a little horseshoe entrance, obviously a horseshoe for an off-track betting place. The, the little driver, they drop. I go, come on, let's go. The horse, it's going off in two minutes. And then here comes Artie. Out so he's like, Cargo who are we betting on? Who we? And so Eddie, whatever he said, number four in the sixth race. Yeah. Yeah, it's Santa Anita. It's Santa but Anita. I remember. Like, I remember. Eddie goes number four in the sixth, and Artie right away repeats number six in the fourth. No, <laughs> and so he's gonna bet on the wrong horse in the wrong weights at uh, the wrong track, and somehow we get uh, to the window and make our bets. Yeah. And this is one of Eddie's great passions and and skills in life. Yeah, and Drags just uh, we'll put a bow on the on the, uh, on the wagering okay. stories here. Okay. Uh, Ray put more than enough in his pocket from the uh, the lost Bobby Bonilla home run. Interesting. So, it was one of those All things. Tied that, together. And Artie goes, oh, Enzo. He goes, Enzo, I, I need a hefty bag. I need a hefty bag to get all this cash. <laughs> so, 
Oh yeah, that was one of one of one of a boatload of stories there. When it to I, you know, getting our feet wet. Every so one of the one of the things people might not know as well about Eddie, of course, had a long NHL career, really successful, one of the best U.S. born players. Yeah, Uh, his other passion, really, and not to joke, is is horse racing. He just Edzo loves it with a passion. So this weekend, his the Derby secondary job. Aside from being the lead analyst at TNT for the hockey coverage, and as, of course, he does an amazing job is for NBC, he's at the Derby. And Edzo, what is, we do hockey all the time. The excitement level must be times whatever going to the Derby, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really special. It's, it is special, Razor. You know, I'd like to say that I, I walk around Churchill Downs like a tripod, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I watched as a kid on television and watched the NBC coverage for, you know, a thousand years. And then all of a sudden I got the opportunity to, to be asked by our farmer, our, all of our former boss, Sam Flood to, to become a part of the, become a part of the Derby coverage back in 15 and got a chance to work with the late great Bob Newmeyer for, I think I worked for almost four years and just it was it was instantaneous like I knew Numi through hockey because Numi hit right. with the Bruins and he'd work for us on hockey and NBC but to get a chance to work with Numi was and he loved hockey and horse racing pucks and ponies as much as I did but it, it's it is a an event that there is so much preparation that goes into it not just from you know my role as a handicapper and as an analyst but just the behind the scenes because you're catering to Every possible demographic, you know, for fashion and people and horse racing and those, you know, those heartwarming stories and just all of those things. So this is an incredible time of year. And when NBC had hockey, as we, you know, and as you guys both, we were all teammates for a a long period of time at NBC. So you had the NHL and NBC. And then, of course, it was just a natural tie in to try to get on that the Derby show for I think I I knocked on our on Sam's on Sam Flood's door for. I think almost seven years, and all of a sudden one day, I don't think he realizes. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys know this. So we win. The, I was part of the Rangers in '94. We won the Stanley Cup, and then the next year we went to training camp, had an unbelievable training camp, and then we had the work stoppage in '94. In '94, and I had brought the Stanley Cup shockingly to Belmont Park and to the Meadowlands, and the Meadowlands, which held had the thoroughbred racing going on in the fall of '94, while we were on. While we were being locked out, I should say, it was, it, was, it was a lockout that year. The people at the Meadowlands said, you know, hey, Ed, so, you know, like, you know, they're all Ranger fans. And I brought the cup there. They're like, hey, you're not playing hockey. Would you like to work to the, would you like to work at the racetrack and pick the horses? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, they're going to, they're going to pay me $800 a day to go to the racetrack. I'm like, well, they probably know they're just going to give me 800 <laughs> and I'm going to just go to the window and I'm <laughs> turn the 800 into 8,000 or whatever. And I'm like, wow. So my first introduction to television was doing horse racing in the fall of 1994. That's how I got my start in the television. And I did, I did what we were, we didn't come back until what January of 95. I don't remember, but somewhere in there. Right. So I worked for four months. I did three days a week. I got to work with, you know, the IFB and, you know, communication and doing the wrap up shows and whatever. And I worked with a lady by the name of Barbara Foster, who was kind of, we were, you know, teammates on picking the races and it just introduced me to tv and so i eventually you know fast forward it's 2014 
And I told our boss, Sam Flight at NBC, I said, look, I don't know if you know this, but I got my start in television and horse racing like I did for, you know, and he didn't know that. And then Randy Moss, who is as good as there is in horse racing, Randy does NFL Network and now he does all of our NBC stuff. I saw Randy at the Olympics and he put in a good word with Sam and says, hey, I don't know if you know this, but this guy knows what he's talking about. So fast forward, they gave me two shows to work. I got an audition in 2014 in the summer of 2014. It hit a Bobby Bow, both those races. And then Sam said, uh, we're going to give you a chance at the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown in 15. And oh, by the way, my first Kentucky Derby uh, was American Pharaoh, by the way. And American Pharaoh was the first horse to win the Triple Crown in about 100 years. So yeah, I don't want to you. just letting it slip though. Edzo, but yeah, right. Exactly. So, but it's, it's great. I love it. I think, you know, I hope people see my love and my passion for horse racing when I'm doing it. So you're uh, sitting around a TV on Saturday on the first Saturday in May. I'll be on the NBC coverage because we got, I think we got about seven and a half hour of coverage. Are you nervous when you do that? Like, because in hockey, we just analyze. You're, you're doing something different there. You're picking and people are looking like you better know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been challenging at the Derby back, I think. When Justify, the other Triple Crown winner that that we had, you know, a few years ago, that Derby, I picked the horse that finished second. The horse's name was Good Magic. He was fourteen to one. Justify was a big horse, but I didn't want to pick the favorite, so I gave out the exact order of the finish of the trifecta, the top three finishers. And if anybody invested one dollar in that, they got back one hundred and fifty dollars in there. So I mean, I, technically, it was one hundred and fifty to one shot. So if you if you had you know if you had raised money. And you bet a thousand, you, you know, you would have put, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of shekels in your pocket. So, but you know what though? Look at, I think you got to have conviction. I think you got to have some reasoning. It's, I've always told my bosses and said, look, if I can be a 300 hitter over the course of a weekend, most handicappers are in that two to three. If I can be 300 for the weekend, just picking winner, just the winner of the race, then you're doing pretty good. So look at, I don't mind putting, money where my mouth is i don't mind putting my plums on the table and look at sometimes you pick a horse and they're run, you're picking the fourth race and the horse doesn't finish <laughs> until the fifth race people people love humility and you got to make fun of yourself and trust me people i work with they are very and it's funny how it's it's, it's like geez when enzo's horse runs fifth or sixth or doesn't run it's the first oh, thing sure. they come out of commercial break well that's no no you got to get his head out of his ass and uh, get going here. But then when I happen to hit one really well, it's like, nah, it's not interesting. Uh, right. yeah, you know hello, that. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. So, but it's long-winded. It's been an unbelievable experience. The people at NBC are, I mean, we do horse racing, I think, as good as anybody's ever done it. And I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, it's it's a fun weekend. And But I don't have any problems, Ray, stepping no. up and, and saying, you know what? I like a horse that's 20 to 1. If I, if I like the horse and I'm going to ruin him him or her home great if he doesn't then you know you got to have conviction though because i think yeah. that's what people want yeah. but why now what happens just real quick and i'll wrap this real quick now it seems to be i don't know maybe it's the society we live in now it's like when you have people that do it on a daily basis and and they're and they're giving their selections it's like well i like this horse here for this reason but boy this her, this horse here look this horse's ass in the paddock looks <laughs> unbelievable like this is, this horse looks really good. And this one on the track looks really good. Now all of a sudden you're given, now, now you're given three horses. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you got to get on there. You got to go, I want, I like this horse to win. And these are some other horses you could maybe take a look at. So maybe I'm old school when it comes to that, but 
when you watch me Friday and Saturday for the Oaks and the Derby, hopefully you can see the passion and the conviction is like, you know what? Whether the horse runs first, 30th out of 20 horses, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but you know, I'm going to have conviction and that's what you got to have. And I think that's what most people. All are. right. Well, we'll end it with some hockey talk and uh, yeah. you still have a horse in the race in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that's the Seattle Kraken, right? A team that you know very, very well. Um, ready to tangle with the Dallas Stars. We know this is going to be a tough series out of respect yeah. to Dallas, but you know, who picked Seattle to upset the Colorado Avalanche? I mean, maybe you did, but you'd be in the minority. At no, the yeah. Yeah. Tell us yeah, what you like. Yeah about the Seattle yeah. Kraken going in here. Yeah, I mean, going back to that last series, first of all, I mean, look, most people, and I think I saw, you know, because every, obviously everybody has a lot of time, and we know what analytics yeah. are, but everybody had that series ending in 5.1888 games, and, and I don't know how you get that to 1.888 <laughs> games, but at the end of the day, okay, that's what it was. I thought for sure they could get them to six games because if you watch this team play against Colorado this year, if you watched how they played against them last year, and Philip Grubauer, how he has played against the Avalanche the last couple of years, you sit there and go, they've got a puncher's chance. The one thing that I tried to talk about on our TNT broadcast, and then also doing some of the local shows for Root Sports in, in Seattle with the legendary Johnny Forslund and, and, and JT Brown on our calls, is Colorado going into the playoffs. They played seven games in the last 11 days of the regular season. Now, the one game was added on yeah. because of the snowstorm or flood. the floods the, yeah. in Nashville. Yeah, right. Exactly. So there were those extra games at the end of the year. And I just thought, and I said this, I mean, they seem to be all out at the end of the year. Now, I know they had the three games or the three days off before they played them, before the Seattle and Colorado were playing in round one. But the injury bug that had happened all year for Colorado, the guys that were banged up that were in the lineup, no Nazem Kadri, which was obviously a huge depth loss in behind Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen. We saw, we got the news with Landis God. Josh Manson was playing, you know, he was playing on one leg. Eric Johnson was playing on no legs. Jack Johnson got hurt. I just thought that the series had a chance to go long, and the longer that it went, with everything that we just talked about, I thought it gave them a puncher's chance because there was no pressure, really. At the end of the day, there was no pressure on Seattle. And the way that they played in Colorado and the way they played on the road, I thought they were very comfortable. And look at, they could have, and I know game seven, the numbers, the optics in the first period, it was all Colorado in game seven. No question. They were up against the ropes. Yeah. They were. But I thought the second and third period, Seattle was a better team. But in saying that, I was probably more concerned about the home games for for Seattle than I was on the road. And they just were more comfortable on the road and, and played really well. So am I shocked that they beat them? Not. Am I surprised? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, Colorado, yeah. look at, you got, you could argue McKinnon, McCarr. I think if we all put our list up on the board at the same time here, it went one, two, three. Yeah. I think I would, I would assume McKinnon and McCarr would be in the top five players of, of, of all our lists, yeah. right? I mean, I would assume that that would be right. And then you put Rampin in, in there, Razor and Dregs, and go, geez, like, might be a top 10 player in the yeah. league. So, and, and Seattle, Seattle doesn't have that right now. They've only been around for two years. But how they did it, they managed the middle of the ice for the most part. They were relentless. They played four lines. Their defense is very underrated. And the guy in goal, really came up large when they were up against the ropes. Mm -hmm. So 
that's how they got through that series. Look, at the matchup is is a little different against Dallas. Dallas is a little bit more rested yeah. here, obviously. They've got more depth. They're a lot more healthy. I would assume that Joe, Joe Pavelski plays at some point in this series. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to play game one. I don't know if he's going to play or not. And the guy in goal, Ray, I don't know what you think, he's, but he's, would you look right now with everything that took place? Like, is he the guy right now as far as goalies that everybody would say he's the best goalie remaining in the in, in the playoffs? I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I, I can't think of anybody I'd take in front of him. He, yeah, right. Like he's, right. So, he really had, I like, Eddie, I like the goalies that, that have a presence to their game as well. Like when he stands yeah. there, yeah. he just looks yeah. like he commands the net. Yeah. And I think the team yeah. really yeah. feeds off him. Now I yeah. got two things for yeah. about Seattle that I want to ask. Like yeah. one is I never saw them scoring like this. Like they, they mm-hmm. score at a rate. Like I thought they were going to be fast and aggressive and I don't mean sure. in the playoffs. I mean, generally speaking, I yeah. thought, man, they're going to be, yeah. they're going to be hard to play, but man, I did not see this offense did it did it catch well, you at all I, I would i would say honestly it it didn't because and again you know your wife cammy uh was in seattle the first year and you see all the moves that ronnie the legendary ronnie francis the man in charge and i gotta give a little your brother I gotta you give gotta a primary give system, my brother and i because ricky i gotta give my brother you, ricky, ricky vp will not let you yeah yeah no, no. We, like all full disclosure Yes, he is the smartest old check. We know that. He went to Brown. He went to Cornell. I know. I Okay, I get it. It's the closest I ever got to an Ivy League school was standing next to my brother. I, I understand that. But like they get the start of the year. I will say this is that there seemed to be this, I don't, I don't even know what the right word is, but it just this, this sense that how is Seattle doing this? It's the same team from last year. Yeah. It's not the same team. Most importantly, they got Jaden Schwartz back who was hurt the majority of the year. They lost Tanov for the majority of the year. You got two guys that, Schwartz for sure, top six. Tanov can bounce up and down the lineup, and he gives you a little bit of a different look that, that you need, especially come playoff time. So they didn't have those guys. They brought in Maddie Beneers, right? At the end of last year, he got 10 games or whatever, nine, whatever it was. Then you added Bjorkstrand. You, or, you, you added Burakovsky. So just just take the forwards right yeah. there, Ray. So you're kind of to your yeah. question, your thought. Those five guys a lot. have all of a sudden taken a team that was offensively challenged. They're going to have the puck way more now than they did last year. Yeah. Now, taking it a step further, they brought in Justin Schultz. They traded Geo to Toronto. And that opened up the door for Vince Dunn, who had a career year this year. And they paired him with, who I think, a guy that doesn't get enough credit for how good he is defensively, and that's Adam Larson. To see him every day Mm. and to see the impact he has on that team. So Larson and Dunn, I don't know if that's a country group or not. Well, wait, no, that's close. close. I already do that a little bit, Eddie, but it's close. Yeah, you know, I know, I know. It's what happens when you get older. so it's a way different team. It's 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 just a it's not what they were last year. So look at was I surprised that you know that they scored as much as they did, especially five on five? Yeah, I guess I can. But then I'll just take it a step further, and I'll, and I'll wrap up. They pick up Ellie Tolvanen, a guy that never and look at I talked to the guy. He never got a sniff in the top six in Nashville. Yeah. Never. And they picked him up on waivers and said, you know what? Yeah, he could shoot. But here's the thing. He came to, he came to Seattle. 
he didn't get in the lineup for the first like 22 days of the season. Yeah. Like he didn't play. And all of a sudden they put him in and they put him in with Yanni Gordon. That guy, oh, just yeah. so everybody, like Yanni Gordon is the, like that's, the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink, so yeah. to speak. Like he's, like that guy's, he's a heartbeat of that team without question. So you add him and then you get Daniel Sprong, who's a shoot first type mentality guy. And Dave Haxall has been able to work them all in. So look at long-winded. This is not, this is not your dad's Seattle Kraken. Like this, this is, like this year is just, it's a way different team and they play fast. And Martin Jones did an unbelievable job when he was handed the rock yeah. to run for the game. Gruby was hurt for a while, Philip Grubauer. But then the last 20 games of the regular season, Gruby kind of found his, his, his Gruby. He found his groove and he, he just was lights out. So honestly, Ray, I'm not, I'm not surprised at how well the depth, and I didn't even mention Jared and who had 40 goals, you know, in the season. And just the contributions in Jordan Eberly working with Maddie Beneers like that. There's just so many good stories for them. And look at, they're playing with house money right now. There's no doubt about it. And look at, they're a dangerous team because they can skate. They're relentless. The guy in goal is playing pretty good. And there's an unbelievable confidence going on right now. So they're going to have their hands full, no doubt. But this will be an interesting series. I think early, I think unfortunate for Seattle, they got to play right away uh, tonight. They do get a couple of days in between games two and three, which would be very large to them. And look, at we know when you get a chance in the playoffs, anytime you can get rest, I don't care what anybody says, you'd rather have three or four or five days off than sit there and go seven games and then jump right back in against a team that is big, is fast, is mobile, and has got a guy in goal. You know, it's going to be a battle for him. There's no doubt. Last one really quick. Um, that arena. Why does it have to be quick? This is your, this is your, well, this is your podcast. Why does it well, have to be because quick? Because I know you got, I know, Eddie, you got a snack and a piece of cake waiting for you. That we didn't get to this. Does anyone love cake more than you? Okay, the first time. I want to know. It's a, it's a simple it. question. Can, no, no, but but in the look at I'm gonna I'm gonna live in today's society. Ray, are you insinuating? Are you insinuating that like I might be a few few pounds no. over? I mean, is that <laughs> no, I'm saying? saying I've never seen a piece of cake disappear faster. It's Look like it, sparks I, I know, coming I out of know, the- I know. Excuse <laughs> me. Can you get him another fork? It seems to be the prongs have been worn out uh, <laughs> since he is. Yeah, good thing it's not a metal plate. You know, it'd be, it'd be- you love that chocolate. Cake. Okay, now first chocolate off, fudge first cake, Eddie. Right, come on, look at, come on. Hold on, look at, look at. He, he's he's double D. You're RF. I'm EO. But that question is not PC. I'm just telling you right now, okay? I'm just letting you know. But first, look it, because we love each other and it's been too long. Um, yeah, I like cake. I mean, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, I'm a cake guy. I, I mean, I like chocolate cake. You're right. And if there is a cake in the house, and actually, it yesterday was the real Ed Olchek's birthday. My dad, by the yes. way. My dad, the real Ed Olchek, 81 years young. He misses my mom uh, every day since she passed a couple of years ago. And, but the best part about the celebration we're going to have tonight for my dad, if I, if I can get a little yes. uh, sensitive here and yeah. emotional, we're going to have everybody at the restaurant tonight we're going, and there will be four Eddie Olchek's in the restaurant. So my dad, myself, my son, Eddie, and his son, Eddie. So uh, my dad yeah. will celebrate with his son, his grandson, and his great grandson wow. tonight at dinner. So I'm not sure what kind of cake my wife ordered for my dad because I maybe should know this. Okay. And, and we are okay. all guilty. Minus of this. one on old checking. 
I don't I don't know what my dad's favorite cake is, okay? But the chances are is I'm gonna have a healthy piece, right? Now. And every time I go like this, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I don't even have another question. That's I'm so gonna good. leave it on that. From the back of the bus, if I ever walked up, if I ever walked up to the front of the bus or walked to the other side of the room to go pick up some tape, Eddie'd be. (laughs) Well, can I ask a question? Like, I mean, look, I I got a lot of free time. I I mean, I you know, I don't really like. I got a lot of free. Ray, you don't have any free time because every time I turn on ESPN, you're doing an amazing job, buddy. I I sent you that text text the other day. You're 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 knocking it out of park as always, and and I'm happy for you and Cammy and. And everything and drags you, you you're you're unbelievable seeing you on a desk all the time when I'm watching. But like I I got a lot of free time. Like Ray and Dre, like Ray comma Dregs and Edzo, or like Ray <laughs> oh, Edzo. That's and interesting. Dregs, or, like, I, I mean, this is a I don't business know, like, proposition, right? You know, like okay, can I tell everybody real quick? And I know we're pressed on time. I didn't see any commercials run here. I don't know what's going on with a podcast or what the like what the end game is. But I'll just say this: take people in. Folks, just for that, like, I'm not, I'm not tech savvy. I don't ever, like, I couldn't, I didn't know how to turn the camera on and mute things on. And I, but I can hear everybody. And I, and then somebody's, you know, taking a shot. Of, oh, Enzo, oh, he's, he's getting close. If it is play by play, like, okay, two minutes left to go. Like, okay, now will he get to the camera? Will he press the button? Like, okay, <laughs> it took me a while. I understand that. I'm getting up to speed Got it done. on what is going on. As long as, because when I go to Uber Eats, <laughs> I always, I can get my food. I can do that. <laughs> so I'm working on getting to the uh, iPad or whatever I'm using uh, here. Ray, let me just say the drinks too. I just want to say, I love when players go to the bench and they pull out the, the you know, uh, the, 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 what are you, contraptions, right? I love when they do that. Because every time I, I, I go, you know what? If that was me in that situation, I would give it to Tom Brady and I would chuck the thing 700 feet after breaking my stick off the statue boards, cranking it on the I'm like, like I wish we had the tool rate. I'm oh like, honestly, God. sometimes I wish we would have had it, but it just seems like every time they go back there now, it's like they go right to the thing or they look on the floor or whatever. And I'm but like, here's the thing. I, I think hey, I did the game the watching other night. You, the other night oh. I did the other night I did the game and I said, I think I said it might have been the brand Tanov. I think it was Turbo. I sit there and go, geez, I wonder. Is he? I'm sorry. See, can't I, even can't, I can't even do. It. I'm all nervous. Yeah. I, I yeah. I go. Was was Turbo? Was he looking at the monitor there, or was he checking? Out, was he checking out Hacks' uh, new shoes he's got on? <laughs> I will tell you this: if we had the tablet, just of what we've seen yeah. in the last half hour, Eddie would grab the tablet, not be able to find the play he's trying to look at, and just turn around and yeah. hand it back. Okay. And, and Artie would yell, go, oh, Edsel, who won the third race at Aqueduct? That's what I want to know. Hey, we've got a new segment. And next time we have you on, Edsel, which isn't going to be too far down the road, it's what's bugging Ray and Edsel. Oh, we that. could fill that up. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. Hey, I got I to tell you, look at I know we're running. Look at I love you guys. Uh, it's, it's always an honor to be on with you guys. You guys do. An amazing job, my, my my boys. Listen, the whole old tech clan. Nice. Uh, keep up the great work. I hope I hope our paths cross at some point for sure down the road. But if not, stay safe. Say hi to the families, and yeah. uh, thanks for having me. Edzo, you're Edzo. the best. Love you, buddy. You're the best. And uh, if the cup comes Go back Jets to Winnipeg, go. you're gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'd like to raise a glass to fine Chronicles series CC to Eddie Olchuk for joining us today. Presented by Canadian Club Whiskey, the Final Chronicles series, the 45-year-old release, is now available 
everywhere. And look, Edzo doesn't drink. You know, he's, no. he's jacked up enough. Like he's like, I mean, this guy is loving life. He he's so infectious. Like normally our 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 interview guests, Ray, on the podcast, as you know, go what? 20 minutes. Sometimes they'll they'll drift into the 23, 25 minute range. I mean, we could not have slowed Edzo down with a slate of Clydesdales. Like he no. was, I got this story. Now, hold on, Wazer. I got another story I got to tell you. He's just good stuff. Well, I'll tell you, when one thing I did, we didn't get into, there's one game he played. His wife, Diana, was pregnant, Yeah, delivering a baby. Edzo's at the hospital all day, shows up at the rink, ate a burger on the way to the rink. We won one nothing, and Eddie scored. Oh, of course. You know, it just, it worked out perfect. Just a, an amazing guy. And, you know, if you can imagine, you know, I talk a lot. You see, Eddie talks a lot. <laughs> Kevin Stevens talks a lot. So that good. was a loud locker room. <laughs> All right. Time for our uh, first visit of the week with Chris Abbott. Presentation of Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. Remember, the game starts now. And, Hey, Abs, after your first round predictions, you're not going to be able to afford to go to a drive through or that might be the only thing you could afford <laughs> to go to. Your predictions took a oh, shot in the pants, man. Yeah. Oilers and six came through, though. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't good. I think I got two, two of the eight series. Uh, listen, I, I stopped reading after I, after I looked at mine. I don't know how you guys made out with it, but I think um, I went four for eight. Yeah, afterwards, I. Was five. I Oh, wow. it was not it was not a it was not a banner, no, banner picking session for us well i went back uh after i got the list yesterday i was like uh went back check my my bankroll and i and it added up anyway so the account <laughs> the accounting was there nice all right well like we did in round one we we predicted the series how many games they'd go who would win so let's do the same thing here as we prepare for round two tonight starting with the toronto maple leafs and the florida panthers Ray, I'll start with you. I'm going to say Toronto in seven, but you go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll get going with you. I'm going to go Toronto in five for a couple wow. reasons. I think there's this thought that the Panthers are better than they are mm-hmm. because okay. of the way that they got through the Bruins. There, there's a real uh, one thing Florida's got going to have to deal with no matter how far they go in this playoff. And the longer they go, the bigger the issue is, is they don't have any depth. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of options. Like Paul Maurice rolls out his 18 skaters and hopes those guys are healthy for the next game. Like right. he does not have a lot of options. I thought he did a terrific job of coaching in that series. Really did. I thought, I thought Florida was really well prepared. I think there'll be a pain to Toronto, but they played that series. Like they tried to forecheck as hard as they could, as fast as they could. I think that opens up the ice for a rush team like Toronto, like team that can be a rush team like Toronto. I think it opens up the ice for them. And I just, I just think the Leafs have too much for them. Chris, what do you think? Well, I think that's a great analysis. I'll say the betting odds, Toronto to win the series minus 182, Florida plus 145. I know when I looked this morning, Florida was plus 150. So somebody's betting on the Panthers to win this series. And it's probably because of the disparity in the odds. It's a pretty, you know, plus 145 uh, in a series for a team that just beat the, the best hockey team of all time. You know, I can see why people are betting that. Some other ways to bet this, though, I think are interesting. Uh, Florida to win game one, but to lose the series is paying four to one. And I'm a little bit interested in I'm a little bit interested in that. I'll 
but I'll say, oh boy, I was going to double down if the Leafs made it through to round two, but I, I can't do it. I'm going to say Leafs in six. All right. The other Eastern series, of course, is Carolina. And whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. What? Oh, you said Leafs in seven. I thought, I I thought seven. Yeah. you yeah, quickly went by that. So go on. <laughs> Carolina, New Jersey, Ray, who you got there? I took Carolina in the first round against the Islanders because I thought the teams were similar, but that Carolina could play that way better than New Jersey. I think Carolina and New Jersey are very similar. I think New Jersey can play it that way better than Carolina can. Uh, I got the Devils in six. Carolina gets through the first round. No yeah. goals from Timo Meyer. No goals from Nico Heischer, one goal from Thomas Tatar, and an empty net goal from Jesper Bratt. Mm-hmm. And they still got through. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Devils are really, I was really impressed. Last night, the Rangers looked like they had a broken wheel on the car. Like, they were, oh my gosh, they were no match for their speed. I, I've got yeah. the Devils in six. All right. I'm also saying the devil's in six and I'm going to play the injury card. I I know it shouldn't matter, but it kind of feels like it it does when you look at the Carolina Hurricanes. And especially if the players you just mentioned, Ray, come alive for the devils, that's going to be lopsided, but still go six for me. All right, Abs, Carolina, New Jersey. Betting odds here, Carolina plus 105, New Jersey minus 128 on the series. So the book thinks it'll be a little bit close. I'll go with you guys. I mean, we're not making this very compelling. I'll say Devils in five. I think we're rolling right now. Um, There's another way to bet this series that just caught my eye. Not to lose a game at the Prudential Center in New Jersey plus 230 just to win their home games in the series. That one was intriguing to me. So that might be a way to bet it too if you don't want to just pick the winner of the series. Not to lose at home. For me, perhaps the most compelling series of the four is Edmonton and Vegas. Uh, I actually just, you know, played the uh, passport card in our playoff preview show on TSN, and I had a Toronto-Edmonton Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I have to go with the Oilers here, but I feel this one's going to go the distance, too. I think this is a seven-gamer. I'm going to take the Oilers in six, uh, and the difference maybe of six or seven to me with, I don't know, three weeks ago, I, the Oilers were in Vegas. Now, Mark Stone wasn't playing, and Jonathan Quick was in net. And the Oilers just ran roughshod over them. It was shocking, really, how I was at that point thinking, I think Edmonton can catch Vegas for the division. And then, man, Vegas just, they kind of cobble it together and they got Laura Brassois and Nett. Nobody thought that was going to be their starting goalie. But the one concern I have is Vegas's defense is big and they cover a lot of space uh, and they're good. But I, I've got the Oilers in six. As long as Stu Skinner's stick doesn't break, um, I've got him. I've got them in six. All right. What does it look like, Chris? Vegas plus one thirty-five to win the series. Edmonton minus one sixty-seven. Not normally people don't rush to bet minus one sixty-seven, but it might not be a bad play if you don't mind swallowing a little bit extra juice on this one. Let me go Edmonton in five. I think Vegas will win a game at home. That is that is quite the building there. Or if you like the Oilers to sweep, you can get it at 9-1. to one. Nice. Seattle-Dallas, as we wrap up, the story has been good around the Seattle crack, and it really has, eliminating the defending Stanley Cup champions. I like Dallas. I think Dallas is deeper. The experience factor matters. I'm going to say Dallas in six. What do you think, Ray? I've got the same thing. Seattle will start the series without Jared McCann, mm-hmm. um, and I think that will matter. He's, you know, Seattle scores... They really do, but I think they're going to miss him in this series. I I just look at them being a just a little bit 
better team. Not not by much, man. I was really impressed with Seattle, but I yeah. you got to pick somebody. So I'm going to take Dallas in six. All right, Abs. What do you think? Well, this hasn't been very exciting. We're just taking all the favorites. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Seattle Kraken to be the the darlings of the playoffs, and they're gonna go on a you know a Vegas esque run, albeit it's their second year. Plus one sixty to win the series. They will do it on home ice in Game Six. Ooh, that's good stuff. All right, and that place will be rocking, Abs. It'll be rocking if you get it right. (laughs) He's not afraid to be wrong, though, right? I mean, he can't be the business that he is. But I thought he really showed that well in the first round. He's not scared (laughs) to be wrong. That was great. (laughs) All right, fellas. Thanks for that. Chris will check in later in the week. Oh, another exciting edition of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast about coming to an end. Fairly busy schedule for you, right? I mean, manageable now, a bit more manageable than the first Uh, round as you you look forward. Really good for me, actually. I'm in Raleigh for game one on Wednesday. Thursday, I'm flying home. I get home around noon. Friday's golf day with Landon. Nice. Um, Family dinner Saturday, watch Reese play soccer. Sunday, watch Riley play soccer. Monday, fly back to Jersey for game four on Tuesday as ESPN and TNT split the first round. So they've got games. TNT's got games two and three. So yeah, so I get a few days off, which is which is a, a breath of fresh air. Looking forward to it. Haven't been home since the start of the playoffs. So nah, you've been grinding, man. You've been grinding. That's the best time though. I love it. I love it. And I'm looking forward to getting home. You got all Leafs all the time, eh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, with honorable mention to the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, clearly, but looking forward to game one tonight as we record the podcast and back in studio. So it is, it's just a, it's a fun time of year. We'll check back schedule provided, Ray, a little bit later this week for episode 6-2. Yep, probably Friday. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, yeah. enjoy the start of the second round. Thank you to our partners who make this podcast possible, our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask each week, are you over beer? By Botano.ca, it's available now in Ontario. Botano says the game starts now. By Tim Hortons, Tim's NHL Hockey Challenge is back for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And by Dewar, use code RNDPants and you will save 15% off everything at Dewar.ca. That's episode 61 of the Ray and Regs podcast. Until episode 62, stay safe, everybody. 